What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my rest of season rankings at the running back position. So these are gonna vary from your typical, you know, weekly rankings. This is gonna be like if I was drafting today, these are my top 36 running backs rest of season. Now I do think the way your team has performed would kind of adjust these rankings. For example, if you're a team that's 0 and 5, 1 and 4, 2 and 3, you have a struggling roster, then you're probably going to, you know, value win now players, uh, you know, a little bit higher than someone who's maybe 5 and 0, 4 and 1. They can take a dude who's going to be balling out down the stretch because they don't need the wins right now. So that can vary, but I'm also going to be splitting these players into tiers. So that can also kind of help you figure out some, you know, guys who are in the same range. I think can also help with potential trade options. And then keep in mind, I'm recording this before the Thursday night game. So I'm just taking into account the uh, first five weeks for every single player here. If you guys are watching, you enjoy the content, hit that like button. It really helps me out a ton. Subscribe to the channel if you aren't already subscribed. And then if you guys do have any fantasy questions, it doesn't have to be like trade related rest of season. It could be start sits. It could be waiver wire advice. Just drop those down below and I'll respond to every single person. But now let's jump into the top 36 and starting it off with my tier one options. I have two players here in tier one. I have Chris McCaffrey ranked number one overall, and then I have Saquon ranked number two. I think most people would probably agree that these are the top two options. Um, you know, maybe if you don't have them up there, they're probably three, four, five. They're somewhere in terms of the upper echelon of the running back position. So I go CMC over Saquon. If you flipped it, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. I think both of these guys are workhorses on their offense. They give you elite receiving upside, and they both have very, very large workloads. I don't think any of the players below them can kind of touch that level of ceiling, plus the workload, you know, just putting it all together. So I have those guys as tier one options. Now moving over to tier two, I also only have two guys in here, and it is going to be Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler. So I don't think they quite compare to the CMC Saquon group. I think they each have, you know, a few more red flags than the guys ahead of them, but I still think they're high-end running back ones. Starting it off with Jonathan Taylor here, it may be surprising to you that I have him all the way up at three, considering he has had a slow start to the season. He's only averaging 12.6 points per game through four weeks. For me, when I know what I'm getting out of a player, I'm not going to panic on a sample size of four weeks. If someone is unproven and they're struggling through four weeks, then you know there may be a cause to panic. But for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who just finished as the running back one last week or last year, I'm not going to be panicking over a four-week sample size, especially when we look back to that crazy season he had last year, and he was sitting at 10.4 points per game through four weeks. So I'm not saying like, oh, it's fantastic, you know, he's underperformed through four weeks, but just remember, he did it last year and he bounced back and was the running back one in fantasy. If he had a workload issue, I'd be concerned. He doesn't. He's averaging 20.3 carries per game and four targets per game through four weeks. That is elite, elite usage. And I think he probably could take that next step into the tier of CMC and Jonathan Taylor, especially if he can keep up that four target per game number. So I still do have him as a top tier running back moving forward. For Eckler, I think some people may also be expecting him to be in that CMC um, Saquon tier. I still have some concerns with his overall workload. He is not getting the JT CMC Saquon number of opportunities. His snap share is significantly lower than all three of those players. So, so far he is the uh, running back one in points per game. I just don't know if he can keep that up in his current role. He's still not getting the goal line opportunities. So he would have to, you know, continue to put up top touchdown numbers without the goal line work, continue putting together like insane receiving numbers. 
It's just not a situation that I want to bet on him finishing as like the number one option, but I still have him here at number four. So it's not like I'm down on Eckler. It's just, I'm a little bit skeptical of how elite he's been so far, especially the uh, over the past two weeks. Now moving into tier three, this is a very, very large tier. And I think a lot of these players are pretty interchangeable. So I'm just going to run through the names here. At uh, number five, I have DeAndre Swift. Number six, I have Nick Chubb. Number seven, I have Derrick Henry. Eight, Leonard Fournette. Nine, Delvin Cook. Ten, Joe Mixon. Eleven, Alvin Kamara. And then at 12, Josh Jacobs. So like I said, a lot of these dudes can be switched around. It is kind of rare to have such a large tier when you're going from running back five to, you know, running back 12, you know, a mid-tier running back one all the way to a back-end running back one. Typically, there's a lot of separation there. I don't really think that's the case this year, which I think could, uh, you know, kind of set up some interesting trade options because if Kamara is being valued as a fringe top 12 running back, but a guy like Leonard Fournette or Nick Chubb are being valued as mid-tier to high-end running back ones, if you can get a solid upgrade on top of that, I think it would be worth considering throwing some offers out there. But for DeAndre Swift here at number five, I feel like some people may think he should be a little bit lower. Maybe they've forgotten about him a little bit because he has missed the past two weeks and then he's going to be on bye uh, here in week, what is this, week six. But in Swift's two full games, he put up 23 and a half and then 14.7 points. So he has produced in his limited sample size. And also, like I said, I think he's probably going to be valued as like a bottom tier running back one. So if you can buy low on him because of an injury and now a bye week, you know, three straight games without production, I think that is something I'd be interested in, but I still think he carries elite running back one upside given his receiving profile. Number six, I have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has totally proven me wrong this season. I was low on him coming into the season. I was low on him, you know, through the first few weeks, I thought he would kind of fall off. Now, I'm not expecting him to keep up this pace he's on right now. The dude has seven touchdowns through five games. That part is not sustainable, but I totally underestimated this Browns offense without Deshaun Watson. I thought they would really struggle through the first 11 weeks. They have still managed to have an incredibly efficient run offense, obviously led by Nick Chubb. So I think he's a mid-tier running back one rest of the way because you always do have that you know sunny future. I don't know if it's a so fantastic to be talking that highly of Deshaun Watson. But in terms of football ability, this will be a better offense when Deshaun Watson is on the field. And Nick Chubb can be looking forward to that in week 12 or week 13. Not sure when they have their bye. At seven, I have Derrick Henry. Really had a bounce back the last few weeks after a rough start to the season. He's been used in the same role. Also getting some receiving opportunities. So a locked in mid-tier running back one. Got Leonard Fournette here at eight. You know, he's gonna be on a top offense. You have Rashad White, you know, kind of eating into some opportunities, but Leonard Fournette's workload is still more than large enough, and it may actually be better in terms of his longevity because there's less injury risk for him if Rashad White is filtering in. At nine, Dalvin Cook, just a locked-in running back one. He's going to have a strong workload. He's going to have a decent amount of touchdown upside, solid workload on the ground, so a very strong option. Same things can be said with Joe Mixon. He's probably been the largest underperformer in this tier. When you look at his volume compared to actual production, at some point that is going to flip and Joe Mixon is going to be giving you, you know, mid-tier running back one numbers rest of season. We've got two more players in this tier. The first one is Alvin Kamara here at number 11. Just another dude who I think is a locked in top 12 running back moving forward. Hasn't had the touchdown luck that maybe some of the guys ranked ahead of him had, but I think he could be due for a monster week any week now. And I mean, he's coming off of a big game with a ton of yards from scrimmage. 
So someone I do really trust. And he's a guy where even though he's ranked 11, if you can uh, trade Alvin Kamara, bring in Kamara for a guy like Derrick Henry, and then you're getting a wide receiver upgrade on top of it, those are totally offers that I'd be interested in moving forward. And then to wrap up the top 12 running backs and to wrap up this tier, I have Josh Jacobs here at number 12. And honestly, this might be too low for Josh Jacobs. It's tough to rank him over these established like top tier running backs, but he has been an absolute workhorse through five games this season. He's the running back four, averaging 19.4 points per game. His usage has been elite. He's third in opportunity share, fourth in red zone touches, fifth in carries. And the thing about Jacobs is the last few years, he's kind of just been like this plotter, not super efficient. He just has a set volume. So he's given you mid-tier running back two production. He has not just been a volume play this season. He has been efficient with the ball in his hands. He's second amongst running backs in juke rate, first in evaded tackles, first in yards created, and then third in yards created per touch. So he has the yards created in terms of volume, but also in terms of efficiency. I honestly think he's someone that I think we can tear up for. Like I talked about with an Alvin Kamara trade, even though Josh Jacobs does have a big name value and has been super productive, I think a lot of people are still going to value dudes like Mixon, Cook, Fournette, Henry, pretty significantly above a guy like Josh Jacobs. So if you can swap those running backs and then get another upgrade at a different position, definitely something I would be looking into. Then at 13, I have Brees Hall. And as a rookie, he is knocking on the door of being viewed as a running back one in fantasy football. Right now, he is the running back nine in points per game. He has showcased an elite receiving upside to start off the season. He's third in targets at the running back position, second in receiving yards, first in yards per reception, third in yards per route run. So he's getting the volume, but has also been very efficient. He's also flashed as a rusher where he's third in breakaway runs despite being only 26th in carries. So his overall workload on the ground hasn't been insane, but turning that, you know, like almost bottom mid-tier carry number into third in breakaway runs is wild. And then he has the second best breakaway run rate. So a super impressive start to the season. And he could be, you know, a top 12 running back moving forward with just one injury to the guys ahead of him. At 14, I have Aaron Jones. He's been a little bit concerning, or not concerning, a little bit disappointing. The backfield split is still there. The offense hasn't been great. I just think he's a locked in high end running back two moving forward, but I don't know if he has the ceiling of some of the players ranked ahead of him. At 15, I have Damian Pierce. He's a guy that I was kind of in on coming into the season. And then once he hit his boom game in week three, I was ready to move off of him. That may be a mistake looking at his recent production. He's currently the running back 11 in points per game, and he just continues to earn more and more trust in this backfield. What I was kind of expecting was that he was going to be locked into that early down role. Rex Burkhead was going to keep the third down work, and it was going to be a gross situation where he's a volume guy on the ground, limited receiving work, you know, not a ton of touchdown upside, and it just hasn't really played out that way. He's had a 60 plus percent snap share after week one in every single week. He went up to 76.8% in week five. He has three straight games with at least 100 yards from scrimmage and then also adding a touchdown on top of it. And then he has 11 targets in the past two weeks. So someone who just continues to trend farther and farther up for fantasy. Right after Pierce, I have Kenneth Walker, who has kind of just stepped into this new running back one role after uh, Rashad Penny went down. I think he's a super strong running back two rest of season. He's not a guy who's locked into a workhorse role at this point. They could still, you know, give receiving work to guys like DJ Dallas, make him an early down guy. 
but the potential is totally there for him to just take over this three down role. And when the Seahawks offense is actually producing, putting up solid production, scoring a ton, that could be a very, very valuable role. So I like him here at running back 16. After Kenneth Walker, I have Ramondre Stevenson, and he's an interesting guy to navigate because I ranked him as my running back six this week. With the injury to Damian Harris, he's probably going to be a top 12 running back over the next few weeks. It's just one of those situations where he's probably more of a win now asset because when Harris is back, if Ty Montgomery returns, then we're probably looking at Ramondre as like a fringe top 24 option, but he can give you elite production right now. So someone who I do think should be valued as a mid-tier running back too. Then at 18 and 19, I have two underperformers so far this season. And actually, I don't think I really mentioned the tier, but I had a tier of Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, Ramondre, and then the last guy is James Conner. James Conner has had a roughish start to the season in terms of production. I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of the blame on him. It's not like he struggled. He's kind of just been in this weird spot where the offense wasn't great early on, and then he's just been banged up in and out of games, hasn't been able to just totally take over this backfield like I think some people expected, and like he did last year when Chase Edmonds went down. So that is why I have him in a tier ahead of Najee, just because I think there is a chance where he heals up from an injury, he gets back and can maintain this offense. And if he is the number one for the Cardinals offense, he's going to be a very solid player. So I do like him here at running back 18. Then starting the tier six, this is where I have Najee Harris. And he's just a tough guy to kind of, you know, wrap your mind around at this point, because you don't really want to trade him if you drafted him as like a, you know, fringe top 12 pick. The issue is like, if you trade him for a guy like Miles Sanders, a Kareem Hunt, like maybe they outproduce him rest of season, but I feel like the upside of Najee Harris kind of clicking and getting back to his previous form is just so much higher than a guy like Sanders or Kareem Hunt. And I feel like you're just taking a big net loss, but I'm not going to deny that he has been brutal. His value is probably going to plummet even more after he puts up terrible production against the Buccaneers. I can't really tell if this is a thing where he's hurt or if he's just legit getting outplayed by Jalen Warren. It's a weird spot to navigate. He's probably a player that if I had him on my team, I would be holding. He's also not a guy that I'm super willing to go out and try to buy unless someone's having like a yard sale on him and his value is so low. But just a guy who we're probably going to have to continue to monitor rest of season. Like in a few weeks, if he was outside my top 24 running backs, I wouldn't be surprised. And in a few weeks, if he was running back 13, running back 12, I also wouldn't be surprised. So there are a few different ways for him to go up and down rest of season. Continuing this sixth tier, I have Sanders at 20, Dobbins at 21, Singletary at 22, Kareem Hunt at 23, and then David Montgomery at 24. I think these are all running backs who don't have crazy high ceilings. They're just going to be solid running back twos on a week-to-week basis. I do want to focus in a little bit on J.K. Dobbins because I think he's someone who can be a strong trade target on a winning team. If you're 5-0, and 4-1, and one, I think he's someone you guys should be going after. He's had a pretty unimpressive start to the season. He's only averaging 10.9 points per game through three weeks, and that was with like a 22-point game in there. So his three performances, six points in his first game back, then 22.3 points. That was off of two touchdowns, and then 4.4 points this uh, most previous week. He only has a 45.1% snap share. So these are all things that you could kind of be pushing on someone if you're trying to trade him talk about how the role hasn't been there. He doesn't have you know, a lockdown on the red zone work. He's not getting third down opportunities. These are all things that are true that you could try to you know, use to make a trade. 
but I feel like we always knew the value for J.K. Dobbins was going to lie in the second half. He's coming off of an ACL tear. He misses the first two weeks of the season. This was not a guy like a Chris Godwin who was ready to go week one, and I'm still expecting Chris Godwin to peak in the second half. J.K. Dobbins has the value of a second half player, so he's someone where I feel like he could almost replicate his rookie season, where he had a really slow start, wasn't super involved, and then the last like six games of the season, he was just firing off strong performances, scoring a ton of touchdowns. I feel like he could have a similar trajectory this season. So someone who's probably not great on a team that's struggling, but could be a very valuable league-winning asset on a uh, currently winning roster. Now breaking in to tier number seven, just running through all the players here, Raheem Mostert, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Travis Etienne, Melvin Gordon, and then Ezekiel Elliott. I think these are all players who have some red flags, still are solid running back twos. I think the level of ceiling varies by each player. But starting off here with Raheem Mostert, he's a tough guy to evaluate because if we just look at the workload he's kind of looking at right now, he should probably be a mid-tier running back too. But I also feel like the floor could just come out from under him at any point and they could just go with a Chase Edmonds. They could just turn to a Miles Gaskin. Like it doesn't feel like that role is completely established. So that's why I'm skeptical to rank him higher. But if he holds on to this role, Tua comes back, this offense starts to roll again, he's going to be an absolute steal as like a uh, high-end running back three. I have CEH here at 26, another player who on a week-to-week basis, I think I'll continue to rank as a mid-tier running back two option, but another guy where I feel like the floor could just come up from under him. If they just automatically switch to Pacheco as the goal line guy or uh, Jarek McKinnon, like I wouldn't be shocked. And so there is a lot of risk in rostering a player like that. 27, I have ETN. The risk here is that he's just done basically nothing so far this season, but I think he can kind of explode later on in the season. Kind of like a J.K. Dobbins, a guy that I think is a strong trade target for a winning team. 28, Melvin Gordon. I feel like the theme of this tier is that the floor could just be pulled out from under these guys. I think the same thing could happen for Melvin Gordon. He could be the number one for the Broncos rest of season, or he could mess up again and just like totally fall into the doghouse and not be fantasy relevant. So there is a lot of risk with these players. And then to finish up this tier, probably the only guy who can't have the floor pulled out from under him because he's already basically on the ground would be Ezekiel Elliott. And you guys may think this is a little high for Zeke, and it kind of does seem high considering he's averaging 8.8 points per game, currently the running back 43 in that point per game number. So he has been terrible. But I think the difference between Zeke on a Cooper Rush-led offense to a Dak Prescott offense is going to be huge. Cooper Rush hasn't necessarily been bad. He's been keeping them afloat. But Dak is going to be able to take this unit from, you know, a middle-of-the-pack team to an offense that I think could be top 10, maybe top 8, top 6, somewhere in there. And so right now, Zeke is averaging 16.2 carries per game. That is a strong, strong number. And to only be turning that into 8.8 points per game, that's the rough part. If uh, Dak comes in, this offense is better. I think that workload can produce top 24 running back numbers. I mean, even with Cooper Rush, Zeke has been just straight up unlucky in the touchdown department. The dude has 88 opportunities, 81 of those are carries, and he has one touchdown. That's just not sustainable rest of season. Improvement is coming. So he could be a decent buy low option if you're looking for like a cheap running back to play. And then the final tier here is going to be tier number eight. And just running through these players, we've got AJ Dillon at 30, Jeff Wilson 31, Tony Pollard 32, J-Rob 33, Damian Harris, 34, Jamal Williams, 35, and then Brian Robinson, 36. For A.J. Dillon, this is tough because 
If I did this uh, video after four weeks, he'd probably be much higher, but after we just saw his snap share totally fall off, it does seem like the floor is pretty low for him rest of season. I think in general, it's pretty clear that Aaron Jones is the number one here. And when this Packers offense isn't really firing on all cylinders, it makes Dylan a you know low floor, kind of low ceiling play. So I still think he's someone who can be serviceable in lineups, but I think running back three areas where he kind of belongs. Jeff Wilson is someone who will be a locked in top 24 running back until um, Elijah Mitchell returns. The problem is, is that he's probably not going to have season long value where he's going to be replaced and likely won't be fantasy relevant in, I don't know, five, six, seven weeks whenever Elijah Mitchell does return. So he's definitely more of a win now player. 32, Tony Pollard should see a bump when Dak comes back. Could actually be undervalued at this ranking. James Robinson at 33. I'm sure some people aren't going to be happy with James Robinson being ranked so far below Travis Etienne. The problem I have here is that James Robinson has a very specific route to being fantasy relevant. And that route is him holding off Travis Etienne and the Jaguars offense being good. Those are two things that I'm not sure is going to happen here. Because when the offense is good and he's ahead of uh, Travis Etienne, he's going to be giving you borderline top 12 running back numbers. The problem is the Jaguars offense is trending down. ETN is trending up. ETN has all the upside and can produce in a variety of different situations. Like if the Jaguars are bad, ETN is the better running back. If ETN outproduces James Robinson and replaces him, then he's just better overall. So I just don't love the outlook on James Robinson rest of season. 34, I have Damian Harris. Looks like he's going to be missing a few weeks. If you know he's healthy, he's probably sliding in as a mid to high end running back three. So a back end running back three rest of season. Jamal Williams at 35, an elite, elite handcuff with weekly value. And then Brian Robinson here at 36, probably the running back to own for the commanders, but someone who I think is going to be in a pretty gross committee. And then just to mention two players who are injured where it's kind of tough to slot them in places, Cordero Patterson and then Elijah Mitchell, not sure on the returns of either of those dudes. And then just two other handcuffs who um, just missed the cut, Rashad White and Alexander Madison. So those are my top 36 running back rankings rest of season. Let me know what you guys think, what players too high, too low. Let me know down below. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.